Hi, I'm Tony Hines, and you're listening to the Chain Reaction Podcast, all about supply chain advantage. things affecting supply chains this week. Well, food is on the rise. And what I mean by that is that prices are rising everywhere. Obviously, the pressure from forward commodity prices with the war in Ukraine and the Russian invasion is pushing prices upwards. We've still got shortages of gas supply in Europe. And of course, fuel prices and energy costs everywhere are on the increase. One of the biggest problems for families, of course, is that uh, food prices, the daily bread and cereals and staples of diet, such as milk and cooking oils, have risen in price. Bread's increased by about 2.3% in March and is now 5.5% more expensive than a year ago. The data is based on the retail price index in the United Kingdom. Energy prices, of course, have risen starkly, and I saw some figures showing that they'd actually gone up in just one month by around 34 to 40%, which seems absolutely amazing. Price of fresh milk is up about 1.7% in March, and it's continuing to rise. Farm running costs, of course, are increasing, and feeding cattle and poultry is rising. And we've got the added problem in the United Kingdom of uh, Brexit, which has put pressure on labour to uh, carry out lots of the basic jobs on farms. And of course, shortages of HGV drivers haven't gone away. They're still present. And we've got blockages at ports because of Brexit, but also the debacle of the P&O incident, which uh, means that there are ships out of service. That's a real mess. The port of Dover is uh, considering building extra storage for vehicles because they can't get uh, trucks loaded up. And this, of course, will mean that goods on the trucks will be uh, standing when they should be moving and the goods inside could be rotting. Well, government doesn't seem to have a handle on that one. Pork prices have risen by 2.9% between February and March alone, and butter's gone up 5.1%, cooking oils and fats have risen by 7%, and they're nearly 25% more expensive than just a year ago. Food price inflation is already at its highest for 10 years, and inflation generally hit a 30-year high this week in the United Kingdom. It's 7% on the Consumer Price Index, it's uh, 8% in the United States, And the retail price index in the UK is around 9%, but not many people use RPI these days, except there are some contracts and there are some pension payments that still use the RPI as the measure. So uh, inflation heading into double digits, and it's likely to get there before too long. It's expected to hit 9% at CPI in the UK before the end of April. And I think that's quite optimistic if you look at the price of various goods increasing. And of course, the biggest 
contributor to this is energy cost and diesel and petrol, all of which are adding to other costs. If you run any businesses and you're delivering goods, then the price of delivery is going up. Supermarkets in the UK have noticed a almost 17% increase in card spending uh, during the last month, which means that people are probably stocking up on some of these items too. They're probably buying more than they need, so we could be in the shortage area once again. The Bank of England says that uh, inflation may peak near 10% in the last quarter of 2022. Well, I think they're pretty optimistic there. I think we'll be there way before that. And they say it's likely to raise borrowing costs from 0.75% to 1%. Hmm. They seem to be very conservative on these particular measures. I think it'll be much higher. Milk alone is 13.2% higher than it was just a year ago. And there are signals that it's likely to rise by 50% in just the next few months. Farmers are under enormous pressure now. They're having to keep livestock on the farms longer because they haven't got the food processing capacity to get the animals out to market. And every day that an animal stays on farm costs the farmer money. I saw one farmer was having to pay an extra £5,000 a month for feed for animals he doesn't know if he's even going to get them to market. It's absolutely disgraceful. Supply chains are under lots of pressure, and in some areas they're absolutely chaotic. And of course, adding to that chaos is all the bureaucracy and friction introduced by Brexit in the United Kingdom. And of course, there are global pressures as well. This week, you might be aware that Shanghai is still locked down with the zero tolerance policy towards COVID, and people are having to comply. They're taken off to uh, holding centres to to be isolated if they uh, have COVID because China doesn't want anybody with COVID under the zero tolerance policy. Of course, that is putting lots of pressure on shipping from China to uh, the West, to Europe and uh, beyond to the United States. And Factory closures mean that supplies just aren't available in some categories. So it's probably the worst position in global markets for many years. Well, I just want to take a moment to tell you about an upcoming episode next week, and that's on volatility in global supply chains. And you may be interested in that, having listened to this news roundup. So join us next week for that one. And of course, catch up on any shows you've missed. The Pride of Kent is one of the P&O ships that normally operates ferry services between Dover and Calais. And that's been prevented from doing that for the past two weeks by the Maritime and Coast Guard Agency because of concerns over safety and whether the ship is fit to sail. And this goes back to the debacle mentioned earlier, where P&O sacked 800 seafarers on its UK ferries and decided to employ agency workers at around £5 or £5.50 per hour. And that's adding to congestion at the port and problems with deliveries to and from France. 
Other companies have picked up some of the capacity, but not all. It may soon be time to sequester the ships and take away the license from the ferry company that seems unable to operate in accordance with that license. Dunelm is a homewares company in the UK based in Leicester, and in its latest quarterly statement, it reported that it's been forced to incur additional inventory costs up by about 193 million to 224 million to ensure it has resilient supply chains. So there's an example in practice of an increase in buffer stock because of all the problems experienced in supply chains. So I guess they won't be the only retailer that will be in this position. There'll be lots of retailers right now where their working capital is tied up in inventories a lot more than it has been in the past due to the things we've talked about so far on this news roundup and in previous podcasts. Freightwaves has reported that new trailers have increased by 40% on February and are 28% up year on year as haulage companies and transport companies in the United States are increasing capacity. But they say that supply chains are still broken. One wonders if these trailers are going to lie around much longer with inventories in them with the shortages of drivers and so on. But let's hope not. Let's hope supply chains get fixed. Another story in the news that seems to be both in the United States and in the United Kingdom is a shortage of uh, appliances and uh, joinery work, so cabinet doors, uh, missing cabinets, uh, fixtures and fittings for the new homes that are being bought seem to be under some pressure because of supply chain difficulties and the back orders just aren't getting filled. And the worst thing about this, you will know how I bang on about visibility and supply chains and how important it is and how important it is to have a customer focus. Well, unfortunately, some of these companies can't even give dates of when these items are going to be available because of the disruption in the supply chains. And that's for all sorts of reasons. So if you listen to the volatility uh, podcast next week, you'll hear about some of the reasons facing uh, disrupted supply chains. David Malpas, who's head of the World Bank, has said that it's probably a good thing if countries can diversify away from China. In other words, all the problems presently with the COVID and getting goods shipped from China have put real pressures on supply chains around the globe. And so to spread the risk, the implication is search for suppliers in different countries. Now that's easier said than done, but it's something that does make sense. Shortages of key metals used in wiring, such as palladium and nickel, come from Ukraine. And obviously the war in Ukraine is having some impact on those materials. And there's lots of pressures like this causing problems in the background which are impacting the ability of businesses to supply microchips. And that's for phones, mobile equipment, laptops, TVs and cars. 
And so we can experience some delays in getting hold of some of those models. I don't know if you've noticed, but uh, it's pretty clear that some of the phone companies where they'd normally bring out the new model and saturate the market quickly have had ongoing or continuous problems during the past year. It's very difficult to get hold of some models as a consequence of these shortages and gridlocks in the supply chain. There is also an avian flu problem and that's having an impact on the market for chickens. And that seems to be something that's both in the United Kingdom and in the United States. This avian flu is probably more of a temporary phenomenon because it's likely to be sorted out sooner than later, uh, whereas some of the other problems that we've talked about on this news roundup and in recent podcasts are systemic. They're not going away soon. They're going to last a bit longer. But that's having an impact on the price of eggs and, of course, on the price of chicken meat. Eggs apparently in the United States have gone up by 52% as a result of avian flu. The Canadian government has announced $1.6 billion of investment in minerals, including nickel, cadmium, lithium and cobalt, to ensure that it has the resources for electric vehicle development in Canada. Two facilities building electrical vehicles and batteries and for developing a gigafactory have been announced by the Canadian government as part of this investment. When supplies are restricted the way they have been over the past few months with um, COVID and the war in Ukraine and fuel prices rising, energy costs increasing, cost of production going up. If you add all those things in as well, there's only one way the prices can go, and that's up. And that means more inflation to add even further rules. So we'll probably go into a, an increasing inflationary trajectory. And I've heard it mentioned a couple of times in the past week or so that in the United Kingdom, with output falling to 0.1%, that were likely to enter stagflation. So that's a period when there's no growth in output or very, very small growth in output, but prices are rising. So we haven't seen stagflation in the United Kingdom since the 1970s. White House economists this week gave a review of the state of global supply chains. And they said because of outsourcing, offshoring and insufficient investment in resilience, many supply chains have become complex and fragile. They went on to say the evolution has also been driven by short-sighted assumptions about cost reduction that have ignored important costs hard to turn into financial measures or that spilled over to affect others. Interestingly, what they do not say is that resilient supply chains cost money. In order to make supply chains resilient, you have to invest in inventories. If we move from just-in-time to just-in-case supply chains, that would be a backward step, in my opinion, with no guarantees that it solves the problem either. Just how much working capital investment would be needed and how many fixed assets or rental costs to secure warehouse space. Interestingly, in the past year, the demand for warehousing space has increased significantly. 
it for this week. I hope you've enjoyed the show. I'm Tony Hans. I'm signing off. I'll see you next time. Bye for now. Listening to the Chain Reaction Podcast, written, presented, and produced by Tony Hines. Hi, I'm Tony Hines. I'm here to tell you about the Chain Reaction Podcast, all about supply chain advantage. I've been researching and writing about supply chains for over 25 years. I wrote my first book on supply chain strategies in the early 2000s. Each week we have special episodes on particular topics relating to supply chains. Now we have a weekly news roundup every Saturday at 12 noon. All things impacting global supply chains in that week. So come and join us on the Chain Reaction Podcast. I look forward to seeing you there. I'm Tony Hines. I'm signing off. Bye for now.